favorite day of the year. It, it, it makes me think about everything that's going on in the world and really how, how little the stuff is that we go through in life that we, we worry about stuff. And most of that stuff doesn't need to be worried about at all. Uh, I, got, I got a little track here. I just seen this thing. I just, I just, here's a track so called The Greatest Story Ever Told. Uh, that's like a condensed version of this. <laughs> you know, if you get in this thing, take your Bibles, go to Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23, then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. But I was reading my Bible the other day, and, and I come across this verse, and, and I about passed out when I seen it. I didn't pass out, but I'm on a diet. That's probably why I was about ready to pass out. <laughs> my wife isn't feeding me. And when she does, she doesn't give me nothing to eat. And then she makes me go out and walk. I tell you what, it's terrible. The thing you do is never get fat. I've, I've come to that conclusion. It's less pain and agony not to get fat than it is to get fat and then try to get skinny. So uh, y'all pray for me, and the, maybe if, I, if you see me disappear up here, I've just passed out behind the pulpit. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 23, we'll read two verses, and y'all can sit down. 23, 5. The Lord is talking right here. I, I thought this was a great passage. He said, And behold, the days come, Jeremiah's talking. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days uh, uh, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Father, thank you for your many blessings this morning. Thank you for letting us come to church. Thank you for this day. What a day it is. Uh, Lord, I'm not sure how correct our calendar is, but this is the day that uh, has been set aside, Lord, for the resurrection day, the day that you come up out of the tomb. And Lord, again, you would, you'd have already been out of the tomb several hours already, but uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for coming out of the tomb today. What a blessing that was, Father, to be raised uh, from the dead, that you raised yourself, and then now, all of a sudden, uh, 2,000 years later, we're still uh, uh, enjoying the rewards that uh, you give us just by getting saved. Father, again, thank you. Bless the service. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah is sitting there, and the Lord is speaking, and Jeremiah is writing, being wrote, written. Uh, and he writes that thing, and he says, I like that verse 6, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Uh, I don't know about you, but all my righteousness is as filthy rags, always has been, always will be. But boy, I'll tell you what, all of a sudden he pops up on the scene and I get his righteousness and he takes my filthiness and now I've got his righteousness. I don't know about you, but that, that excites me. Uh, there's a lot of things. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says this, for I deliver Paul's talking. Now we're going to get back in the New Testament. But I was reading my Bible and I said, Lord, you don't matter, no matter where you go in this book, you're going to find you in these pages, no matter where you go. I said, you're sitting here all through the pages, and it all comes up to that one day 2,000 years ago when you died on the cross of Calvary, and the cross is an important thing. Let me read this real quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Now, Paul has received this, and he's preaching. Don't be a hypocrite and try to preach something you're not going to live, but Paul's living what he preaches. He says, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Well, I'm sure glad that he did that, but I'm telling you what, the first thing in there says Christ died for our sins. You know, the cross is an important thing, but without the cross, there's no good news. I mean, without, if it's just the cross, there's no good news. I don't know about you, but if, if it was only the cross, and he died and went in the grave, and that was it, there was no good news. Uh, zero at all. The good news if the, uh, the good Jesus Christ is still on the cross, there's a church out there today. I was born and raised in that church. And they still have a little crucifix they put around their neck, and they still have Jesus Christ on the cross. If Christ is on the cross, then he's dead, and my hope is in vain. I have nothing. I'm telling you what, the cross, the cross is, is a piece of it, but it's not everything. The burial, the tomb, they sealed the tomb. They put him in a new tomb. I like, I like the way that thing was worded. Uh, where they put him in a brand new tomb nobody's ever in before. Uh, when Jesus Christ does something, it's, it's amazing. He always does first time. He gets everything new, 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 new. It's a new tomb. Uh, if I'm going to put my body in there, it's going to be okay for a couple days, but it's going to be new. The tomb was, uh, was needed, but it was only a temporary place. That's still not good news yet. But you know where the good news comes in? The resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> That's the starting point, man. That's the starting point right there. 
All this stuff has, has come to a head and is sitting there and Jesus Christ has planned this thing before the foundation of the world, before any of the angels were ever made, before anybody was done. This day was in his mind and everything that you read through your Bible brings you up to this day. And now we're 2,000 years from this day and we can shout and sing about some things that the people in these days couldn't. There's really no excuse for us not to be happy. Brother Joe mentioned, the day is a day ought to make you happy if you're saved. Now, if you're lost in here, I wouldn't be too happy about today unless you're going to trust Jesus Christ. But if you're saved, today ought to be a day that make you really happy inside. Uh, I woke up this morning saying, Lord, I don't even know if I want to preach this morning. I said, I don't feel good. I don't do this. I feel wicked. I'm, and I'm going to talk about you. And he goes, yeah, that's right. So just shut up and talk about me and be okay. You know, all you got to do is talk about him. You don't have to, really have to talk about anybody else. 15, first, take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians 15. Man, when he's just sitting there and said, he said, and he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You know all you got is a Bible? Amen. Brother, I don't have nothing else. I didn't have anything, actually. I had nothing sitting on that back porch. Uh, sitting, I say the back porch, I wasn't always sitting on the back porch. Sounds like I was, man. I just kind of stuck right there on the back porch. But uh, when I found that little Bible in my attic, that's all I had. I knew that this world, if you think this world has your answer, COVID, is, the shots aren't going to help you. They may help you. They may not help you. I don't know if they're going to help you at all. I don't think the flu shot helps you either. I don't think really <laughs> worrying about gas going up and down is going to help you or getting a new job is going to help you. None of that stuff helps you. It can help you for momentarily. But, in, but he's sitting here and he's going through this thing. And Jesus Christ died on a cross and shed his blood for me. And and I'm sitting there reading this little Bible, and I'm, I'm, I know I said I believe some stuff. And I learned some stuff growing up, and, and I said, there's got to be a God. There's got to be a God. There's just got to be. I said, you can't tell me this whole place is sitting here, and nobody made it. I just can't believe it. I just I couldn't believe it. I, I was as honest as I could be. I'm all for, hey, man, if evolution occurred, let's chunk the Bible out the window. We're done. Go live your life. Eat, drink, and be merry. And for tomorrow you die, it doesn't really matter. Who cares if Charles Manson killed everybody if there is no God? Why, why can't he do what he wants to do or anybody else do? I've seen somebody uh, uh, that was watching the show. I went to see somebody at the hospital the other day, yesterday, and, and uh, looked on the, the TV they had in the hospital, and, and it was uh, uh, wicked people or something. I don't know, some uh, terrible people lives or something. And Charles Manson was on there. Who's to say he's wrong if there's no God? That's just preferences. It's what you believe. He thought he was right. But boy, I tell you what, if there's a God, that guy is going to be hurting. If he didn't get saved, he could have got saved. I didn't say he didn't get saved. But in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 12, uh, 12, let me get there myself, man. I, get, I just like this day. It's not Easter. It's the Resurrection Sunday. Amen. You know, it, all you have to do, most people don't ever get that thing down. And, and you don't want to. What's a bunny rabbit got to do with Easter, with resurrection? I like bunnies. They're fuzzy. I like rabbit foot. They say a lucky rabbit's foot. How, what makes a rabbit's foot lucky? It wasn't lucky for the rabbit. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a rabbit one that lost a foot running around. Oh, I'm lucky. I'm lucky. I'm lucky. Uh, why? Why are you lucky? I got three more. <laughs> they didn't take them, I guess. I don't know how they figure it's a lucky rabbit's foot. But a rabbit running around shooting out eggs. <laughs> What does that have to do with the resurrection? You know that came from Germany? I looked that thing up. The Germans come up with that. Only Germans could come up with that. Now, I like, don't, don't get me wrong, man. I like, I, like, I like boiled eggs. I like gummy bears. I like, I like jelly beans. I like, my wife came in with a bag of, she does that on purpose. She came in with a bag of Starburst jelly beans today. Of all days. You still got them? And she won't let me have one. I couldn't have one if I wanted to. I'm sitting there going, you're talking about a torture. This is torture. I like all the candy stuff. That's all good until you have to try to get rid of the weight that you put on by eating it. But what does that have to do with God? It has nothing to do with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 15, 12. Paul's talking, and he starts here in 12, and he says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, uh, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? And, and some people say that. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our, our preaching is vain. What I'm saying is wrong. If, if, if Christ didn't come up out of the grave, it's wrong. And your faith is also in vain. Yea, and we are, 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 are found, uh, found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God 
that he hath raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that, that uh, the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep. Oh, everybody prior to me that died in Christ. It says over in 1 Thessalonians 4, the dead in Christ shall rise first. But if Christ never rose, they're never coming up. They're going to stay there. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, all the rest of them are in the grave. They'll stay there. They'll stay in Abraham's bosom. They'll never come up. He says, uh, he says uh, and if Christ be not risen, your faith is in vain, and uh, ye are yet in your sins. Verse 18. Then they, which, uh, they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. Man, I tell you what, I've been saved for 43 years, and I'm just not miserable. I am miserable. I'm a miserable person probably. And I do have days when I don't feel like moving out of my bed. I don't know about you, but some days I don't even want to get up. And then after I get up, I just want to go back to bed because I figure if I sleep, I can sleep it off. I like my favorite, favorite uh, fictional character is Rip Van Winkle, man. I like Rip Van Winkle. He goes, finds a tree out there somewhere and sleeps for 20 years. He wakes up 20 years has passed, man. Could you imagine if you woke up 20 years after you went to sleep, what this world would look like today? Wow, man. I, <laughs> put me back to sleep. Put me out of my misery. But he's sitting there and he's talking about the resurrection. The resurrection. You know how important the resurrection is in your life? The cross is a great thing. I'm, I'm telling you, the cross was a, a death symbol for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It was a place for they to execute people on it. That's all it was. And the tomb was a place where they put bodies to get them away from people where you couldn't see them. And they're just going to stink and smell like Mary said. And Martha said, he's been in the tomb for four days. He stinketh. That's what they would have said about Jesus. But uh, we got another story coming up. That ain't, that ain't exactly what happened about him. He, he had protections on him and angels watching over him and, and they were taking care of him and the resurrection is getting ready to happen. The next 46 verses in 1 Corinthians almost deals with nothing but the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. It goes on and tells you everything out in the future that's getting ready to happen. You know what that verse I read over in Jeremiah is a future verse. It's a millennial verse when the Lord's going to come back and he's going to set up his kingdom and he's going to set it up for a thousand year millennial reign. It's going to happen. You know how he had to do that? He had to come up out of the ground to do that. <laughs> he didn't tell you, hey, I'm going to go to a cross and die, but there's the verse and it, you, everything in between is going to happen. Brother, that thing, that book is full of those nuggets all the way through there talking about him and what he's going to do. But the key to that whole thing is him coming back up out of the ground. Next 46 verses, the good news should always be positive. I hate, hi, I'm going to give you a ticket. That's not very good news. <laughs> hi, I'm going to punch you in the nose. That's not very good news either. Hi, I'm going to rob you. <laughs> what do you think about that? That's not good news. How about, how about this? I heard somebody say this the other day. If you don't get your test in, I'm going to fail you. That's not good news either. <laughs> you know what good news is? Hey, man, you've done a great job. I'm going to give you a raise. That's good news. Hey, I like you. Here's a new car. Have it. It's yours. That's good news. Your wife is going to have a baby. Oh, don't worry about it. She's already had the baby. That's good news. It might not be for her. What is good news for her? I was there for five of them, man. Beth was glad to get all of them out, man. I mean, every one of them, she was like, let's get rid of them things. Uh, she, it was my fault the whole time. Good news should be positive. You know what? I can say here today, I'm not going to hell. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news. Uh, if I believe that book and I believe what it says, there is actually a place called hell. And, and hell, no pur purgatory. My mom always says, I'm going to go to purgatory. I said, you can't go to purgatory. It don't exist. Well, I'm going to go to And the other day she told me I, if I didn't quit listening to preachers like me, I was going to go to hell. I said, whoa, wait a minute. How come I can't go to purgatory? Because you don't believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you leave out here, I guess St. Peter's at a gate somewhere. It says, do you believe this or do you believe that? If you believe this, you got to go that way. If you believe that, you go this way. No, I don't have to go to hell today. I got out of that thing, man. I mean, I deserved it. I deserved it. There is no, forget everybody else, I deserved it. I never went to the Lord and said, hey, it's my mom's fault, my dad's fault, my brother's fault, sister's fault, my dog's fault, my boss's fault, anybody's fault. No, no, it's my fault. It's my fault. Lord, I sinned. I'm the sinner and you're the Savior. Save my soul. And you know what he did? He saved me. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't know all the great doctrines of anything. I just knew I was going to go someplace I didn't want to go. Amen. 
And I knew he had the only answers that I could find, and, and nobody else had answers. I like answers, man. You know why I like my Bible? It has answers. I don't like it when somebody has no answers. You go, <laughs> Fauci. Should I take, you know. All the, I mean, I don't even know what to believe on anything, but it just, that is an example. It's all the same. I like Elon Musk. <laughs> he wants to buy Twitter. For $42 billion. I don't know what kind of guy just has $42 billion that they can just go out and do whatever they want to do with. To me, that just doesn't seem right. But if he did, that's cool. He's got it. Now they're trying to fight him because they're afraid, you know what, your guys are going to be able to say what you want to say. I would never say go on Twitter unless Elon Musk buys it. Elon Musk buys it. If he doesn't, you go, no. I never say Facebook, all that stuff. I'm against all this. I'm against everything, man. I'm against me. But what's wrong with somebody saying, I don't care if, if a homosexual, I think homosexuality is, homosexuality is wrong. I got a Bible that says it's wrong. I think it's wrong. I think transgenders are wrong. I think, I think a guy who says he's a girl that wants to play sports with a girl who thinks she's a girl and he's going to beat her is wrong. I think that's wrong. Uh, I think it's wrong on every, everything. But if a person wants to believe that and they want to go out and say, believe it, fine, go say what you want to do. I don't stop them from saying what they say. Why do they stop me from saying what I say? That makes no sense. That makes, you know what it is? Because they're afraid that what you're going to say is going to take root and somebody might actually follow what you're saying and do the right thing. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe the Lord is involved in this thing and the Holy Spirit will start talking to them and they'll get their hearts right and they might even get saved too. You never know what's going to happen. But you know what? If we don't stand for it, they won't ever do anything. I like that. I like it. I'm not really for Elon Musk. Uh, I, I do not have a, a car, an electric. I've seen a Chevy car the commercial the other day or something, and, and they're talking about plugging it in. I can't wait till everybody gets an electric car and they blow the grid out. I mean, you can't be sucking that much juice down and not blow. I blow have you ever blown a breaker on your, on your kitchen counter and all you did was have a toast and a coffee pot in it? Toast and a coffee pot? You wait till you get an electric car up and down the block in everybody's driveway and see what happens, man. You won't have to worry about Russia shutting the grid down. We'll do it. <laughs> Then you'll get your, your little scooter out. <laughs> we'll be cool then. I'm not going to a place called hell today because of the resurrection. I have eternal life due to the resurrection. I believe once saved, always saved. I don't have a problem with that. I don't think Jesus does anything halfway. I think he does it all the way, and I can trust him in doing it all the way. I didn't go to the Bible to look for verses to prove that I'm going to live forever. I went to the Bible looking for verses to tell me what was going to happen, and in the process of reading it, I seen I was going to live forever. And I've seen in there that some people, guess what? I see in here where some people ain't going to believe they're going to live forever. It says that ye may know you have eternal life. That means that somebody else don't know it. So just because they don't know it don't mean I can't know it. I just wanted to know it. You know what the Lord did? He said, you want to know, Mike? Yeah, I do. Okay, here's faith. And, and all of a sudden, I just believe it. I know one thing. I know that I'm going to die one day. And I told Beth, I said, you know what's good about a diet? I said, you won't have to get a big old coffin. You can get a little skinny one. And I don't have to worry about getting no boat-sized coffin to put me in. You say, why would you care about it? I don't. I really don't care. I'm going to be dead. I won't care. I said, it won't matter to me one bit, man. You know where I'll be? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's exactly where I'm going to be. I know exactly where I'm going. I have eternal life. He says, I can endure. Now, here you go. You know what the resurrection does for me? It keeps me going. Because I know what the Lord did for me. And sometimes life is hard. And sometimes hard things happen to us. And sometimes we make bad choices and do the wrong thing and we go down the wrong path and we got to back that thing up. Brother Tom gave an excellent testimony up here. Sometimes somebody has to stand up and do the right thing. And you got to keep doing the right thing no matter nobody else does it. You do it and you do it. And maybe a hundred years later, half of your family will be saved too. But if you won't do it, you're going to expect somebody else to do it because somebody's got to do it. Why can't it be you? <laughs> if I got saved and I can have eternal life and it could be me, why can't it be me that has to do right? I like Jeremiah, man. Jeremiah's a good book. I sought for a man to stand in the gap. But he said I couldn't find any. You know why you stand in the gap? So other people could get built up behind you. You know what God's looking for? Somebody who's got enough guts and character that they'll stand in that gap while he does something in somebody else's life. You know, you might get beat up and banged up on. Philippians 4.10 says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, <laughs> not just partially, kind of. Oh, Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for this and thank you for this. I was watching a, a, a video about Pacific Garden Mission. I actually seen uh, Dr. Jack Patterson, and he was tied to 
Pacific Garden Mission somehow in his little Facebook thing because I got a laptop on sale. But anyways, that's the reason I was out there. But I seen that, and, I saw, and I've been to Pacific Garden Mission before, and I, I was going down through there, and I seen picture after picture after picture after picture after picture of just the homeless people up there in Chicago. They ought to move out of Chicago. But however, they no, no hope, no nothing. I'm like, Lord, that could have been me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging those people. I'm not mad at I mean, they have got themselves into a position where it's, it's like hopelessness. And thank God there's a place like Pacific Garden Mission that is feeding. They, they're talking about having like 40 turkeys and 65 hams and, and 500 pounds of taters and all this other stuff. Man, I was, my mouth was watering. <laughs> that's what the Easter, that's his Easter dinner. And I'm sitting there going, man, I think I'm going to go stand in the line of Pacific Garden Mission. Just smell it. <sighs> but I'm telling you, you know, you see all that stuff and I'm, I'm sitting there going, Lord, that could have been me. He goes, yeah, Mike, if you'd have made a decision on that back porch, any other decision than what you made, that could have been you. But you made a decision right there, and you started living like I told you to. And 43 years later, can you imagine what would happen if you could survive 100 years with him? Man, I tell you what, it's hard telling. He says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly. I was rejoicing after I seen that thing. Not for their sorrow and their hurt, but for for the Lord providing me a way out of that. Because I I was headed right to the same place. That now, at at the last, your care of me hath flourished again. Wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Sometimes you don't have opportunity to help somebody, and, and then the Lord will open a door and you get an opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know what the resurrection has done for me? It's let me be content. I am perfectly happy with what I got. I, 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 sometimes I wonder if what I'm doing is quite right. Should I do something more or less or do in another direction sometimes? But as far as everything I got, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with what I got. I don't need no more. I got more than enough. I got, everything I got gets me in trouble, man. I don't need no more to get me in trouble. I'm trying to get out of the trouble I'm in. Verse 12 says, I know both how to be abased. Is it okay if you're abased and you have nothing? You know what the resurrection will do? You'll have a hope one day of Jesus Christ. And that won't matter at all. And, and it pales. It'll pale to that. If you keep that resurrection in your mind the risen Savior sitting on his throne, and one of these days he's getting ready to come back and get you and take you out of here, that anything that happens in this life will pale to that. Will pale to that. Uh, and uh, he goes, I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry. I know the hungry thing. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Man, if he raised himself up out of the grave... They, put it, they, they took that tomb and they sealed that thing like he couldn't get out of it. Pfft, come on, let's be serious. I mean, the rock, man, come on. I mean, make it harder. He goes, I'm going to make it hard for you guys. I'm going to die. And I'm going to let you have my body. And I'm going to let you put it in a tomb. I'm going to let you cover it up with this big rock. And I'm going to give you a... And they couldn't even do it. And a couple of angels come down there and say, we'll get into that here in a little bit. I have a future home to look forward to. Not because of the cross. Although that was the, the, the instrument that he used... To, to promote his death. And not because of the tomb. That was just a place where they placed his body. I've got an eternal home in heaven that is out of this world because of a resurrection that happened 2,000 years ago. They didn't know that back then. We do. Brethren, there is no excuse for us not to be happy. There is no excuse for us not to be excited in Jesus Christ. If something has got in the way between you and Jesus Christ and that has hindered that thing, I would chunk that thing in a heartbeat and get rid of it, man. The one thing I've always wanted for 43 years is to know him, just to know him, just to know him and listen to him and try to get to You know, I found people tell me all come up, all tell you, oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. No, what I need to do is get closer to Jesus. That's what I need to do. And, and if he decides to do something in my life, I could get to do that too. But really what I need to do is get closer to him and let him guide and direct my steps. Not me, because if I got and direct my steps, I might end up over there. But if I let him direct them, if I could just get to the place where I could see which way he tells me to go, then everything I do is going to be what he wants, and it'll be right. Jesus mentions his resurrection in Matthew 12, 40. He says, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He's telling you what's going to happen. He says, they're going to put me in the ground for three days. I'm going to be dead. But on the third day, I'm coming up. Like Jonah come up out of that well's belly, and he spit him on the side. Hell's going to spit me out. 
Actually, he wasn't. I think he was over in Abraham's bosom myself. John 2, 19 says this. Jesus answered and said, destroy this. I like that, man. I like a man like that. I like a man like that. Do it if you think you can. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Ah, ah, ah. You want a God verse? Right there it is. You know you're reading the Bible that says the Father raised him. Jesus Christ says, I raised myself. That's a man. What are you going to do to me? You ain't going to do nothing to me. But what can I do to you? I'm like, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> Jesus owned everything. Could you? I mean, he owned it all. It's all his. The devil's trying to give him a temple, trying to trick him, make bread. I don't need to make bread. He says, I got the cow, cows on a thaddle, uh, cattle on a thousand hills. If I, want, if I was hungry, I wouldn't ask you, the devil, I wouldn't ask nobody for nothing. Why would I ask you for anything? I let you do that so you can give something to me. So you can have part of this. You know why you give money to the church or you tithe or, or you do anything for God at all? You do it so he don't need you or your money or me and my money. What little it is. You know what he needs? He needs you loving him enough that you'd want to do it. That's the, whole, that's the key to that whole thing. When you sit there and look at it, all of a sudden, you open a door and you say, Lord, I just love you more than I love me or anything around me. And you start giving. And you know what the Lord does? He gives back. But he gives back a lot more than you, you, you can ever imagine. He, Jesus owned everything. In the, and, and he was creator of all. He made everything. The pews you're sitting in, the wood that's behind that, he made that tree. I believe, and people call me a heretic, I don't really care. I believe before the foundation of the world, he knew that that pew was going to be, third pew back was going to be out of a certain tree somewhere on this planet. And some church up in Chicago, because that's where these pews came from, some church up in Chicago 30 years ago was going to buy these pews. And then 30 years later, they're going to get all ecumenical and take them out and get chairs. Fine, go for it. And they're going to sell these pews to me for 1300 bucks, and I'm going to go pick them up. And the Lord knew that that pew was going to be sitting there before the foundation of the world. You say, that's heresy. No, I just think my God knows everything. And what he was waiting for is some stupid idiot that would drive to Chicago and get him. <laughs> and somebody who would try to put a church together. You know what he's looking for? Some other idiots like you guys to help me do it. <laughs> Brethren, I mean, God knew that before the foundation of the world. He said he knows everything. But when he came into this world, he came with nothing. He owns it all. The gold, the silver, he put here on this planet. Could you imagine what's in the universe? We're only talking about one little speck in this thing. Could you imagine what's on all the other planets that you can't even, you'll never get to outside of him? You'll never touch them. Oh, we may go to Mars someday if the Lord tarries. They may go to, they've been to the moon. I believe they went to the moon. I don't, I don't have a problem with it. But time, time's not going to let us get anywhere. Your distance, distance is, if you travel the speed of light, you're not going to get anywhere. Man, you don't have to go 100 times the speed of light to get anywhere. You have to overcome the speed that everything's traveling away from you and then catch up to it. It ain't going to happen. Not in your lifetime. So why in the world would you do that? I still marvel that anybody would do all the stuff they do. To Why would you do all the stuff you do? It makes no sense. Jesus owned it all. He had to borrow everything. Get this. He borrowed the manger he was born in. He borrowed a place to lay his head time and time again. He had no home. He slept where he could. He borrowed a boat to cross the Sea of Galilee. He just goes down the lake, jumps in a boat, and takes off. Nobody ever complained to him about stealing. He borrowed a boat to preach from. He needed a platform, so he said, hey, Peter, take your boat out. I need your boat for a few minutes. Take it out. And he did it. He borrowed, he borrowed a donkey to ride into the city on, on his triumphal enter. He never even had a donkey. It was his donkey anyways. We, we, we think it's ours. It's not. It's his. He said, I'm going to borrow it. I'll give it back to you. I'll give it back to you later. He borrowed a room for the Last Supper, and then he borrowed a tomb. He was, he was the only person who was, had the right to everything and wound up, uh, as far as we were concerned, with nothing. That's what we think. But really what he wound up with was everything. He's going to get it one day, man. He's going to get it. The resurrection was his. The cross, the cross was a way man put him to death, and he allowed it. He allowed that, by the way. The tomb was a place they just laid him, and he allowed that. But those were somebody else's. You know what was his? It's the resurrection. That was his. You want, you want a crowning achievement? I mean, everything he did was crowning as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how you'd lay one above another one. But as far as our eyes is going, John 10, 15 says this. Turn there real quick. You need to read this one. If you got a Bible, turn it. If you don't, 
You need to get one. There's some in the pews, I believe. John 10. Or John, yeah, John 10. You want a verse about God? Here he is dead. You think dead is dead? Dead is not dead, by the way. This, this, being, this being in the ground is not dead. That's just, this is, this is quit working. What, what made this thing work just left, if you are really dead. Most people that come back, they're only mostly dead. They're not really dead. If they're really dead, they don't come back, unless somebody brings them back, and the only person who's going to bring them back is Jesus Christ. John 10, 15. He says, as the Father knoweth me, Christ talking, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. What a friend. That's a friend, man. That's a friend. <laughs> and other sheep have I. That's us. That's us. I don't know about you, but that's us. I take that as me. If you don't like it to be in you, then that's fine. But this is me. And other sheep have I. I don't have to be a Jew. I got included in this. I don't have to. I, I can be what I am. I can just be Mike. And the Lord says, Mike, I want you because you're Mike. I don't want you because you're somebody else. I want you because of who you are. I, I can be happy with who I am. You know, you ought to be happy with who you are today. And if you're not happy with who you are, change it, man. Make, you know how you find out how you're supposed to be? Get with Jesus. He'll show you exactly what to do. Other sheep have I, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me. Why? Because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. Get to this next verse. No man taketh it from me. Pilate didn't do it. The soldiers didn't do it. The Pharisees didn't do it. They may have caused it. They didn't do it. He did it. No man taketh, my, taketh it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down. No one on the face of this planet could ever say it's finished and die right there. Not the second that he knew he was going to die. Nobody, nobody could ever do that. that. That man did that. He has the power to lay it down of death. That's the death. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, was buried. That's the burial. He go, but he goes on and says, and I have power to take it again. That's the resurrection. That's his. Can you imagine somebody just says, I'm going to wait? He probably had his timex down in, in, in Abraham's bosom watching it, talking to Abraham, talking to Job. Jonah come up and said, Lord, I'm so sorry, man. I should have had a better attitude when I went to Nineveh. The Lord said, yeah, that's right. That's okay. Oh, by the way, Job, look at some of these Ninevites. Man. He said, they're here because of you. He goes, I know, Lord, I just, I got bitter inside, man. I got bitter because I thought I was better than them. And, and Lord, you know, there was a day that they did something to me that I got really mad at. And, and I could not overlook what they did to me because of my, my weak flesh. And I could have had a bigger effect on that city if I had just shut up and done what you told me to do and did it with the right heart. But I didn't. Can you imagine the conversations he had down there for three days and three nights? Here's a, here's a beggar, man, sores all over him. He ain't got sores no more, by the way. He pops up in Abraham's bosom, man. He's got a nice, clean body. No dogs licking on him anywhere. And he just, he's probably down kissing Jesus' feet all over the place for doing it. And the rich man's over in hell burning. You say, do you believe in hell? Yeah, I believe in hell. I believe Luke 16, 19 is a perfect picture type, not even a type. It is a, it's a, uh, a documentation of two people. They died where they went when they died. One went to hell and the other went over to Abraham's bosom. I believe that with all my heart. He goes, but I have power to take it. That day, three days later, he said, guys, I'm sorry, man. I got to go. Where are you going, man? You just got here. I got to get back up. It's time to come up. I've been planning this for eons. Before the foundation of the world, we planned this. I got to go, man. This is here in just a few. I'll see you later. Poop, and he's gone. And his spirit and his soul goes back into that body, and that body comes back up and wakes up. And his eyeballs, two angels sitting there, Michael and Gabriel, probably saying, man, glad you're back, man. This stone is really too big for us to move. It was already gone. They knew exactly. They didn't know the moment he was going to come back up. But boy, when he popped up, they go, Lord, glad to see you back. He wasn't dead. He was absent from the body. He's not present with the Lord. He is the Lord. He's with himself, having a great time. The apostles, you know, the resurrection is just, it's just important. You can't get around that thing, man. If you, if you do not have the resurrection, if the cross is the only thing that you're looking at in life, you're a miserable person. You, it just, you're never, you're never going to be satisfied. And if the grave, and, and I know a lot of churches, they'll talk about the cross and the grave. And they'll, they'll show Jesus, uh, uh, what's his face, did the passion. 
And, and it, all, it all was around how much pain he went through and everything else. And you can never depict what he went through on that cross. There's no possible way anybody, man, a man's mind cannot uh, depict what he actually did on that cross of Calvary. You can't do it. It'd be impossible. He did something for eternity there that nobody could even understand unless you understand eternity. But to be an apostle in Acts chapter 121, it says this. Wherefore, Judas got kicked out. They got to replace the guy. He says, wherefore of these men which have accompanied with us at the time of the Lord, uh, with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went up in and out among us. So he had to be there while Jesus was walking. Beginning from the baptism of John, under the same day he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness of us unto the resurrection. You couldn't even be a, an apostle if you didn't see the resurrection or understand the resurrection or, or be a witness to that. He didn't say the crucifixion. You didn't have to be at the, at the crucifixion site to be an apostle, and you didn't have to be at the grave. But you had, to, you had to be able to see a risen, living Savior. And all those men did. The resurrection is important. That's today. Brother, that's today. Today, if our calendars are right, today, 2,000 years ago, maybe plus or minus a few here and there, the Lord Jesus Christ came up out of the tomb, and he opened a door that had never been opened before. And it, we're sitting here today, and we're allowed to do it. To be saved... You must believe in the resurrection. Romans 10, 9, 10. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead. The resurrection. You can't get saved. If you just think you're a sinner, you can't get saved. If you just think, oh, I'm going to turn my heart over to Jesus, that's not salvation. You know what salvation is? is you know when you're a sinner, you know he died, but he come up the third day. And you're trusted in a risen living Savior to save your soul. It's the blood that was shed at Calvary that's going to cleanse you from your sin. Amen. But it's the risen Savior that's going to get you in. Amen. If you don't have the risen Savior, you ain't, I'm telling you, the resurrection, people say, well, I don't know if I believe in eternal life. I got an eternal God. If he got me in, I'm just like him now. It's easy. You know, if, if, he, can, if he can get you up, if he can get himself up, the rest of it's easy to believe. <laughs> the hard thing is, I like John 3, I like 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 15, 3 where he, and uh, 4 where it says Christ died for us against according to Scripture, he's buried. That's easy. A man died for my sins. Okay, yeah, I got that. Most people ever talk to it, they see I got that. I said, and he was buried. Okay, they put him in the ground. You know what the hard part of that whole discussion is? Do you believe he came up? Do you believe that after three days and three nights, he come up out of the ground? He come up. There's a heart. You know what keeps people from getting saved? Is that right there? Because all of a sudden, you got to say, there was a man from Galilee that did that. And he's just not a man. He's God. Manifest in flesh. Paul didn't get that until he got rode down, knocked down on the road to Damascus. You know, Paul probably was at the crucifixion. It doesn't say he was. doesn't say he wasn't, but he's probably there. Paul was there at John's baptism. He probably watched John baptize some people trying to figure a way to bust John, too. He was there through that whole time. And when the Lord knocked him down, he got face to face with Jesus Christ. He met all the qualifications probably for the uh, apostleship because he became an apostle. And you sit there and look at that thing and say, Paul. Paul said, I didn't know him. And then all of a sudden I get knocked down and I know him. The apostles had to believe in the resurrection. You have to believe in the resurrection to get saved. The Bible speaks of the resurrection all through it. I could, I could do it. Uh, Acts 4, 1 says, and, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved. So hard, hard. They're, they're upset. They're upset. Why? Why are you upset? Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection of the dead. Hey, one of these days, we believe, Pharisees believed in the resurrection. They just never wanted to attribute it to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, I am the resurrection and the life. I'm it. I'm it. By the way, I'm it. How could you believe a religion that never gave you an end? Never gave you the, the door to go through. Not, Catholic Church never gave me the door to go through. If you do this, you do this, you do this, and we sprinkle you, and we're there and give you your last rites, and we do this. Why would you want last rites? I got my last rites like 43 years ago. I got them on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, man. I had never had to. I got to live with my last rites forever. I like, man, I like Jesus. Peter, watch this one, uh, uh, Acts 
or yeah, 14, be it known unto you all. This is Peter talking, man. Peter, you know, after Peter got a hold of Jesus Christ, he changed. People always say, why do you always say I should change? Because everybody else changed. When I read my Bible, you see somebody all messed up denying Jesus Christ three times, acting like Satan all, his whole life. And all of a sudden over here on the other side, he changes. Be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, he wasn't afraid to say it. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you and walk. He, he just gave a guy, he said, silver and gold have I none. What I have I given to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. The guy jumps up, man. He's, he couldn't walk, and now all of a sudden he's walking. They're all mad. You would think they'd be glad. Well, no, because you didn't go through Dr. Fauci. If you went through Dr. Fauci and he was walking, that'd be okay. But you didn't go through Dr. Fauci, so that don't count. Brethren, we got a weird world we live in. Jesus Christ, like he said over the, the rich man in hell said, send somebody back and tell my family. He goes, look, if somebody rose from the dead, they wouldn't believe it. That's a heart, heart condition. We have a bad heart. And the only way you'll ever get that thing right is, Lord, do it. Peter was also good. You know, Peter's sitting here talking, and he was guilty as they were of that crucifixion until he got saved. But once he got saved, all his sins were washed away, and Peter's a different man now. I got saved in 1980. You know what happened to me? I got saved, and I was a new man, and all my sins were washed away. And I didn't have to answer for any of them ever again. And as far as the Lord is concerned, I am sinless. Now, I sin every day. My, my flesh, I still have to deal with that stuff in the flesh. But in the spirit and soul, I'm sinless. And one of these days, I'm going to die, and I'm going to get out of here. And Lord, because he was resurrected, he's going to take me out of here. Whether through the grave or through the rapture, either one, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, well, if the, the death comes in, I want it to be quick and painless. But I don't, that probably won't happen. He here is one authority, and the authorities, the priests, and the, you know, they're still guilty. And Peter's preaching at them. People say, well, you're a hypocrite. No, I got saved, and my life changed. You know what's wrong with most people? You won't realize that if you trusted Jesus Christ, your life changed. What he did at Calvary and, and that three days in the ground and rising from the grave changed you, your life for all eternity if you trust him. If you're in there, you're saved today, you know what the resurrection did for you? It changed you. 2,000 years later, I'm sitting here. Now let's go back to the tomb. I'm just about done. John 20, 11. Let's go to John 20, 11. Give me just a couple seconds and I'll be done. John 20, 11. With all the stuff we know, and I'm looking back at 2,000 years of history, and, and you can look history up all day long. You can find out most of the stuff is true. Most of it happened. Uh, Josephus will tell you most of it happened. Uh, most of it, all of it happened. Uh, but most of it is documented in places where they, they, they see it and they know it's true, but... John, John is sitting here in, in 15, uh, 2015. Let me get there myself. Could you imagine? Let's go back to 11, 15, 11. 2011, 2011. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. Place yourself back in that woman's life, and she had been with Jesus for the last couple of years or some amount of time. And then all of a sudden, he dies on a cross, and she sits there and watches him die brutally on that cross. And and she didn't understand all the stuff that we understand. She didn't understand. She didn't know all that. And she didn't have 2,000 years of written documentation, 2,000 years of getting to know some stuff, and 2,000 years of people helping and training. She didn't have none of that stuff. She was just a lady who got to meet the Savior, and now he's gone. And that's all she knows. And she's sitting at a tomb crying. And it says, but Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And see two angels in white sitting. You'll find in a couple of places where other places it says two men sitting there. Angels look like men, by the way. They don't have wings. And one at the head. See what you can get at the resurrection? The one at the head and the other at the feet uh, where the body of Jesus uh, had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Notice what Jesus says. He says the same exact thing as the angel said. Jesus said, honey, woman, why weepest thou? You know, he always cares. Right here, he just come back about the grave. 
This, I always want to be an astronaut. And this is, what, this is what stopped me from being an astronaut, that verse right there. You say, how in the world could he do that? Because I'm sitting there looking at that verse, and he tells her not to touch him yet, for he had not yet ascended. Mary's natural reaction was to reach out and grab a hold of him and love him just like she did. Nothing perverted. That was her Savior. Just like you should love him also. I love him that way. I tell you what, if he's around me, I'd hug him. I'd be dragging on. I'd be like Jacob, man. I'd grab a hold and want and let go, man. You could hit me with a brick. You could do whatever you want. I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Man, if you ever get a hold of Jesus Christ, you would be a fool to let him go. There's nothing in this world that can be a, a match to that. And she says, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seek thou? Two questions. She supposed him to be the gardener and said unto him, sir, if thou had borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him. I will take him away. I'll go get him. Nobody has to know. I'll go get him. I'll go get him by myself. Jesus said unto her, Mary. <laughs> Boy, a bunch of words just rang in her ears. And all of a sudden her eyeballs and scales come off her eyes and she sees him as he is. And she knows exactly who he is. She turned herself and said, Rabboni, which is the same master. He, she's getting ready to grab him. He said, don't touch me yet. He goes, I have not yet ascended. I got to go to my father and your father. Go tell the disciples. I got to go. I'll be back here shortly. He loved her enough that he popped up and let her see him before he went. He'd been gone from heaven for three and a half years. Thirty-three and a half, actually, is a baby come, come to Mary's womb. He was gone. He'd only been gone in the ground for three days. Three days. In the grave. Three days. And he cared enough about Mary to pop up out of the ground and take a chance on her touching him and making him dirty, and he wouldn't have been able to go into heaven. And he came and seen her. That's how much he loves you. You know why he did that? It's because Mary wanted to see him. Because she knew how much you want to see him today. Well, I tell you what, I, I like it. I like him girls up here singing, man. I like it. Mary, she turned herself. Luke 24, 6 says, the angels, them two men are saying, he is not here, but he's risen. He's not here anymore. You're at the wrong place. The, two main, the graveyard isn't a place to go to find Jesus. The graveyard's a place to go get rid of bodies, or put our bodies when it's all said and done. It's not a place to go see Jesus. Matthew 28, 26, the angels there say, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. You know what Jesus said? He said, I am, I am coming up. He said over in Jeremiah, I'm coming up. I'm going to rule and reign out there one day. All Israel's going to be back. My people are going to be around me. Satan's going to be thrown into, into the pit for a thousand years, and we're going to have a good time at the end of that thing, we're going to have the white throne judgment. I'm going to end it all, and it's going to be eternity with me out there in eternity. For us today, Philippians. Brother, we're looking back. They didn't have, the apostles and the disciples did not have what we have today. We got everything. Philippians 3.10 says, that I may know him. You know what you can do today? You can know him. The resurrection is how you can know him. Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day. Easter and the, and the Passover are two different time frames. They're, they're separated by days, if not weeks. They're not the same thing, but the Roman Catholic Church brought them together to try to make them. They confuse the things. The Passover is when Jesus Christ died on the cross. Unleavened bread is seven days after that, and Easter was going to be after that. Herod said that. It's a, it's a pagan holiday. But they brought that thing together. You know what we got is the, resur the resurrection is the most important, not Easter. Resurrection. Because he came up out of the grave, one day I'll come out. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Do you know the power of his resurrection today? If you took your last breath right now, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Boy, I do. And the fellowship of his sufferings. Do you know what sufferings do sometimes? It gets you a little closer. I've been through some things in my life. Not, not like some people probably, but I've been through some things. And every time I go through them, I thank God for them because what it did is it brought me a little bit closer to him. You know what he did? That resurrection helped me get through. When he mentioned the resurrection first and the suffering second, the resurrection will keep you going. Being made conformable unto his death. Tonight we're going to have our, our communion. If you can be here, be here. Uh, we'll have it. Uh, the evening service will be short, and then we'll have a communion right after that. Uh, he said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's exactly what it is. Hebrews 12.1, he says, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed by with so great a witness, cloud of witness, 
There is a witness around. I don't care what the world says. People can say whatever they want to say, but one day they're all going to die, and they're going to have to go answer to somebody, and they're not going to like it, but, but they'll tell you, oh, God don't exist. Well, then that's what you think. I'm, going to, I'm just going to take, I'm going to trust him. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does easily beset us, and let us run patiently, with patience, the race that is set before us. You have a run to run. Nobody else is but yours. Don't look at the person next to you or around you. Just run your race. Stick on it. Why? He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's the one who finishes what you have. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. There was something on the other side of that cross that Jesus Christ saw as the resurrection. And then the door opens. And then people start trusting him. And they start walking through that door. And the heaven starts filling and it just keeps filling. It's been filling for 2,000 years. You know what would be a great thing today to do is get saved. Today would be a great day if you're lost. If you aren't lost, today would be a great day to go out and tell somebody the greatest story ever told. That would be a great thing to do. The great thing to do would go out and say, hey, I want to tell you about it. Man, I got this song, brother. If we could sing this, I'd like to sing this. His resurrection is a new beginning. His resurrection is a new start. You say, my life has been a mess? It can be a new start. Getting saved is just a start. That's just a start. Just a start. And it's a promised future. The resurrection is always positive. Positive, positive, positive. Unless you're lost. And then it's negative. You know, there's no reason for anybody to go to a place called hell. It was paid for at Calvary. The day he rose from the grave in that tomb. I, I think I've been at that tomb site uh, but the day he rose from that thing, and he's never going to die ever again, and anybody that gets in him never dies again. You may die in this life and your body go in the ground, but absent from the body, present with the Lord. There's no reason that anybody should ever go to hell. The world will try to tell you, he don't exist, he's not real, he's not this. I wouldn't bet on that. They can't get nothing else right. How in the world are they going to get that right? Are you saved? Are you doing the right thing? Do you believe the right things? Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Lord, thank you for a thing 2,000 years ago where the crucifixion happened. And Lord, no matter how much I read about that, it brings a tear to my eye to what you had to go through. But Lord, the moment you said it's finished, it was done. And Lord, you had finished something that you had planned before the foundations of the world. And Lord, your body went into the grave for three days and three nights, and then you came up. And Lord, from that day forward... Uh, everything has changed. Peter got in, James got in, Paul got in, Lord, the disciples got in. Everybody back there that loved you and trusted you and put their trust in you, they got in. And Lord, here's 2,000 years later and we're still getting in. Lord, I thank you that I got in on a back porch in Louisville, Kentucky in 1980. And Lord, there's others that still need to get in. You said that you died for others and Lord, we're still here. And as long as we're vertical, Lord, there's other people that need to get in. Uh, Lord, I pray that if, in, if there's anyone in this room today or listening out on, on the line somewhere that that is lost and doesn't know you as their personal saviors, as a day would be a perfect day to get saved. And Lord, again, I just want to pray for also Miss Linda and George and, and Tim and Sandy Bachman. Lord, they're all in the hospital. Uh, Miss Linda is and Tim is. And, and Lord, that you'd comfort them today and give those doctors wisdom about uh, what's going on in their lives and, and uh, show them exactly what to do and heal them up. But Father, for us here today, Lord, help us to always be thankful for what you did at, at Calvary, Lord, but more than that, what you did at the tomb. You came up. And Lord, because you did, we will too. Father, again, thank you for your blessings, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.